0: Joshua 24:14. the Bible here says now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord we need to serve the Lord as one cohesive family unit one cohesive church family unit where are you at when everybody else shows up for soul winning or different functions or the Valentine's Day banquet uh we have a Valentine's Day banquet on Valentine's Day you know what Valentine's Day is it's my birthday so, part of my flesh is like, man, I want to do my birthday thing. It's bad enough I got to get my wife a gift on my birthday. <laughs> but you know where I'm going to be? I'm going to be with my church on Valentine's Day because the doors are open. Amen. 15 says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day an immediate choice whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I believe he was around 110 years old when he made the statement, which means you're never too old to serve the Lord. Amen. And if you flip the page in my Bible, it talks about him dying. It does not talk about him going back on his decision. The title of my message tonight is Dive In. We need to dive in. Too many things. We need to dive into this thing of Christianity, but here's the problem. Too many of us are sitting with our backsides on the edge of the pool with our feet just dangled into the pool of Christianity. We must dive all the way in and be consumed. Here's another problem. We don't want to dive all the way in because we don't want to give up some things. We don't want to give up some places that we go. We don't want to give up some TV shows. We don't want to give up a boy or a girl. Let me say this. If you've, if you've been divorced or if you've lost somebody or you're single, you still need to hurry up and wait on the one that God has for you. Stop being in such a rush. Amen. Not ready to give up uh, some music. By the way, music is a, uh, uh, one of the number one identifiers. Especially when it's nice outside, you pull up in your car and people hear... Mm, 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 mm. Oh, there goes a little rapper guy. Even if it's Christian rap, it's still trash. Or they hear... Doo, 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 doo. There goes a rocker. Hold on, let me get you real quick. Don't tell my heart, my achy-breaky heart, I just don't think it understands... That country music, that rock and roll music, and that rap music, they all promote sex outside of marriage. They all promote worldliness. I said they all promote worldliness. I said they all promote worldliness. But some of us just aren't ready to give up some of those things. And that's what's hindering us from diving all the way in. Amen? Think of something that you love, but the Holy Spirit's told you to give it up. Go ahead, think about it. I'm gonna help you. You know what you need to do with that? You need to just give it up. I can think of the time when I was, I said I would never put on UFC gloves, Ultimate Fighting Championship gloves, unless I was given given them from the organization. I could get them from my friends, I could get them off of eBay, I could get them off of here, do whatever. But if I don't get them from the source, I'm never gonna get them. And I remember the time they gave them to me, and I came, I put them bad boys on, I broke them in, and I thought to myself, man, I love this. And then I remember God saying, hey, full-time MMA, I don't think so. I think you need to give me a whole lot more of your time. And you know what I said? I said, okay. But man, that was a struggle for me because what am I supposed to do now? All I've known is fighting and selling drugs. And I, I put down the drugs. I just had the fighting. My motto was I'd rather punch a face than a clock. Amen. If they stole that quote. I should have I put a patent on that. I could have got some money. So what am I gonna do? The Lord allowed me to open up a gym and I can remember watching my students running in a circle in that gym and I thought, man, I love this and then it dawned on me. I gave up my love for God and God gave me a new love. Not only did God give me a new love, but he gave me a new love that I love greater than the old love. And if you give up the love that you have that God does not want you to have, he will give you a new love, amen. I have no doubt here that we love God, but do we love God like we should, which is unconditionally? Let me ask you a question. If God loved you as much as you show that you love God, would you feel very loved? I said, if God loved you as much as you show you love God through your Bible reading, your prayer life, your daily walk, showing up for soul winning, not, handing, uh, not passing the guy on the street when, uh, when the Lord says to witness to him, would you feel very loved? I have no doubt here that, uh, uh, that we, we love God, but do we love him like we, like we should, like we truly should? If somebody pointed a gun at one of our kids and, and shot a bullet, we wouldn't hesitate to jump in front of the bullet, dive into a raging river to, to save one of our loved ones, push a loved one out of, of the way of a vehicle, and that church is the kind of love that we need to have for the one who gave his only begotten son for you and for me. Amen? Christ instructs the disciples in uh, John fourteen fifteen he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So here he instructs us on how to love. I'm going to flip all over. I'm not, to, I'm not going to ask you to turn everywhere with me, but if you're wondering what Bible I'm reading out of, I'm reading out of my King James Bible. That's the Bible that I choose to read out of. Uh, my first point is that we need to dive into the book that God gave us, and not only did he give it to us, he preserved it, and not only did he do those two things, he inspired the book for us, and we find that in the 16th verse in the third chapter of Second Timothy. The Bible says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, uh, uh, for instruction in righteousness. We see here that it's profitable for doctrine. Let me ask you this. How is your Bible doctrine? Do the kids in junior church know more about their Bible than you do? Do the kids in junior church and uh, 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 the teenagers know how to lead people to the Lord, but you don't? We have men and women across our country that can build houses from scratch. Put a car, uh, take a car apart, put it back together. Bake cakes from scratch. Um, um, Sew culottes or do whatever. But those same individuals don't know how to teach anybody how to lead somebody to the Lord. How's your Bible doctrine? Is your Bible important to you? Everybody knows that you have a relationship with your Bible. They know that you have a non-existing one, a poor one, or a good one. Another thing that we need to dive into is family devotions. You can have them anywhere. I was in Missouri last week. My family was in Iowa. I got on on FaceTime, and we had a devotion. Amen? You don't even have to see the people. You can just put it on speakerphone. If it's just you and your wife, if it's just you and your kid, if it's just you yourself, have a devotion don't deprive yourself of having devotions. You're going to find out some new quirks about your kids. You're going to share some tears. You're going to have some laughter. You're going to become closer. God's going to come become closer to your family because you as a family unit will be drawing nigh to God and in return he'll be doing the same for you. Amen. Hey, if I was at war and my father gave me some type of a gun or some type of a knife to help me fight the battle, I would not let it sit on the shelf and get dusty. And our Heavenly Father has given us a tool slash weapon to help us fight the battle, which is our Bible. So why don't we get in it? We ought not let it sit on the shelf and get dusty. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Amen. How's your Bible doctrine? But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of hope that is in you with meekness and fear, 1 Peter 3.15. If I was to go to a gas station and ask somebody for directions, I don't do that anymore because, hey, it, people try to give me directions, especially older individuals. You want to go down to this landmark and you want to take a left will just give me the address, please. I'm going to type it in my GPS. But if I was to ask for some directions, the clerk's answer is going to get me to exactly where I need to be, or it's going to end me up lost. The answer, when somebody asks you a question, a spiritual question, nine times out of ten, they're looking for some spiritual guidance. And you should, your answer should be able to lead them straight to Christ, straight to salvation, or the church house, the Bible, amen. And you should get your answer from the Bible. Some of us don't get our answers from the Bible because we're not in our Bibles like we should be. I got a great example I would like to share, but time will not allow it. Um, he also gave us the Bible for reproof and correction. Oftentimes we do not like correction. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he that regardeth re- uh, reproof is prudent. Proverbs 15:5. We need to let God correct us through our Bible reading and not a God smack. A lot of times we'll read a little nugget and we'll think, boy, my wife surely needs to read that verse. Or boy, my husband surely needs to read that verse, or sister so-and-so needs to read that verse, or sister or brother so-and-so needs to read that verse, but God gave you the nugget because you're the one that needed the nugget, amen. And let me say this, sweep off your own porch before you run around sweeping off other people's porches. And and I'm tired of Christians pointing their finger down at somebody that fell. I thought you were a Christian with your foot on their neck. If I was a Christian down there, I'd have my hands on their shin pointing up at them saying I thought you were a Christian too because you should be trying to help me up, not kick me when I'm down, amen. The Bible also says he gave it for instruction and in righteousness. You know how the battle is won. When we're all on the same page, pride is out the window. It's not all about me. It's about taking instruction and applying it until the victory is achieved. Why should we do what the Bible says? A, first of all, we learn in uh, Joshua 1.8, we do so because we want to be a success. He promised good successes if we would observe to do according to all that is written therein. Success in God's economy is finding the will of God and doing it for a lifetime. I didn't say doing it when I want to do it or doing it when somebody makes me do it or doing it part-time, but doing it for a lifetime. Amen? The word of God is the written will of God. If I do what the Bible says, it'll make me successful in God's eyes. And according to the same verse, it'll prosper me. Or, or should I say that God will prosper me? B is because I acknowledge God as, God as my sovereign authority uh, and his word is my governing rule. Uh... Luke 6:46, Jesus said, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not these things which I say? The Lord is a sovereign Lord, and God is the sovereign ruler of the universe. Psalms 24, 1 says, uh, the, the earth is the Lord's. And here, here, this is exciting to me. I am part of that creation, therefore I am his property. Uh, I am the property of God by creation as a born-again Christian. I am his by the purchase of redemption. I was created by God and am therefore his property. By creation, and so are you. And at Calvary, the price was paid to buy us back out of the slave market of sin, which we willfully uh, entered um, by our transgression. Now I'm God's twice. Now you are God's twice that are saved by creation and by spiritual birth through redemption. By the way, at 9:24 this morning, the Holy Spirit said to me, "Somebody in this room is not saved." 9:24. I took note of that. Is it you? 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 I'm not into the forcing people to get saved. If if God told me to force people to get saved, I'd be daily out there forcing people to get saved. But that's not the way to get to heaven. But I will ask you the question, are you going to heaven when you die? This may be the last time that you ever get asked that question, by the way. See, the reason we do what the Bible says is because we love the Lord Jesus. He said it in John. He said, if you love me, keep my commandment. The Bible tells us that obedience is an expression of our love. Let me say love is an action, not a mere emotion or a feeling. If you truly love somebody, you will be willing to do what is reasonable to express that love. Obedience in these simple areas where God has commanded us is well within reason if we truly love the Lord. Therefore, obedience is the greatest expression of our love. Amen? Next, let me say that we need to dive into the ministry that God gave us. There is no greater joy than serving the Lord. I was driving down the street, uh, di- driving down the highway the other day, and I was thinking, man, my life is amazing. My life is awesome. My kids are good. Uh, 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 my wife is wonderful. I got a nice home. And listen, I'm not, I'm not talking about things here, so don't miss it. I have a, the Lord's allowed me to have a nice truck. I got a camper that I would just traded and bartered, and now I have a camper. Somebody gave me a free boat. Um, I, I, I got to, I'm going to Hawaii next weekend to preach the Word of God. You guys are going to be sitting here in the cold snow. I'm be on the- Beaches. No, but uh, I get to go to Louisiana, see gators, do fun stuff. I get to go all over the place. And then I ask myself, how come my life is so awesome and my life is so awesome because I serve the Lord. Serving the Lord is what makes my life so awesome. Amen. I love to sing the song. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, more love he bestows each day is like heaven in my heart overflows the longer i serve him the sweeter he grows and i understand i can't sing a lick but when i pick up this book i feel the songs in this hymnal a lot of people get well, it and they put it down do you not realize the awful and amazing things god allowed individuals to go through in order for them to pin these wonderful words in the hymn book three most important books to me the book of life the bible in these hymn books. Start respecting the hymn book. Start allowing the hymn books to prepare your heart. Amen. Amen, it's true, the more I attempt to do for God, the more, uh, 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 the closer I get to God, the closer he gets to me, and that's a sweet place to be. Amen? So serve him and seek, and ask him to make clear what is the ministry that he has for you. It could be a missionary. I'm gonna share a story. My preacher went to a, he's not my preacher now, but he was my preacher, he went to a, he went to a church in Cedar Rapids, Cecil Ballards. And the missionary got up and he said, I was called to be a missionary at a very young age. Listen up. If if the Lord's been calling you and you haven't been dealing with it, listen, so this doesn't happen to you or something worse or something similar. He called him. You maybe have heard the story. Maybe you're not. He called him to be a missionary at a very young age. He said, I don't want to be a missionary. That's what he told the Lord. He always wanted to be a businessman. He became a businessman, making about $150,000 or $200,000 after after all was said and done and his people were paid off. He was out at his summer home because that's what you get when you do what you want to do. You get things. And he had the things. He had a nice summer home. His two boys were under the porch playing. One of his sons got bit by a rattlesnake. Mom picks him up, puts him in the car, puts him in reverse, boom, boom. Off she goes to the hospital. Dad comes home, sees an ambulance in the driveway. He goes to inquire as opposed to why there's an ambulance in the driveway. And what happened was in mom's stupor, she backed over her other kid and ran him over and killed him dead. True story. So dad goes to the hospital to find out about his other son who had succumbed to the snake bite and died. Upon hearing the news about her backing over her other kids, she had a heart attack and died. It's a true story. So the missionary got behind the pulpit and he made this statement. He said, tonight it is I going to the mission field instead of us going to the mission field. So I hope if any one of you are called to preach, you'll surrender right here right now today. Could be RU worker, nursing home, uh, addictions program, bus route, cleaning the church. By the way, cleaning the church is a ministry, so don't mess up other people's ministry. Well, I don't want to clean up after other people. We think other people want to clean up after you. Help out the people that are cleaning this property. One ministry that I know he's given everybody is to preach the gospel. I said one ministry I know that he's given everybody is to preach the gospel to every creature. In your community right now, there's ladies getting raped. There's men beating their wives, there's women getting beat by men, there's children that are being abused, there's ladies that are selling themselves right now in your community. There's people getting drunk and driving in cars and smacking into people in your community. But only if they would get saved, they would change. Didn't you change when you got saved? Dad would stop beating his kids. Mom would stop selling herself, amen? your community. Not my community, your community. I'm tired and tired and tired of going across the country and seeing a couple people show up for someone in here, a couple people show up for someone in here. Amen? Every day you can witness to somebody. Every day you can invite somebody to come to church. I have a goal to see a thousand people in my church before I'm dead. So how I'm going to try to do that goal is by getting a hundred people in the church uh, uh, each year. Four years, 450 people I've gotten to come to church. Over half of them, first-time visitors. If I can do it, you can do it. You could change some households, amen, like they did in Acts. Him and his whole house, the Bible said, change some households in your community, amen? You walk by people that are hurting so bad all the time, and half of them are willing to listen to you, but you don't open your mouth. I'm talking to the older folks in here, talking to the younger folks in here, talking to everybody in here. Amen, Brother Todd. We need to put out an Amber Alert for the lost people. Amen. How then shall they call upon him whom they not believe? How shall they believe on him whom they not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I called my buddy up years ago, and I asked him some question, and he somehow we got to talking about how God created the earth, and he said, how do you know that? I said, it's in the Bible. He said, the beginning of the Bible. I said, you know what else is in the Bible? Jesus died for you. And you can go to heaven if you put your trust and faith in him and he, and he got saved. Amen? Yeah. Just simply asking questions. And I know so many people aren't comfortable soul winning, but what happens when you move? You're filled with anxiety. What happens when you get a new job? Filled with anxiety. What do you do about it? You pray about it, and you go and you show up, and through time, prayer, and repetition, you become comfortable, and that's the thing, same thing that can happen here in the area of soul winning. Yep. I've led many people to the Lord, and I get a bunch of anxiety still. I remember being at a... Um, I remember being at a... Uh, at a gym, I came at a different time of the day, and I see this young black man there, and the Holy Spirit said witness to him. And I said, I just wanna work out. He just wants to work out. And I just worked out and I left. I came back at a different time of the day the next day, and he was there. And I was like, people are gonna see me, witnessing to this guy. So then, I got down on my hands and knees in the gym, and I prayed, God, give me the strength. And then as I rose to my feet, I said, what an idiot. You're worried about talking to this guy, but you got down on your hands and knees in front of the gym, and you're praying. And then you know what happened after that? I talked to the man. And you know what happened after that? He got saved. Just put the don't let your anxiety take other people to hell. Amen. Show up. Let the evangelists help. Let the teachers teach. Allow the preachers to train you. God has put people in positions to help you with this thing of soul winning. Man, I wish I could preach the whole message on soul winning. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors. By the way, it says gave and endless pastor, pastors, so that means your pastor's a gift. Have you been treating him like one? Or have you been praying for him like one? Hey, I went without a pastor for a while. People here went for, for a pastor for a while and I thought to myself, I wonder if, if, if I would've prayed for my pastor more if that situation wouldn't have happened. I wonder if the church would've been praying for him more if that situation wouldn't have been happening. Don't take your preacher for granted. Treat him like the gift that he is. There are uh, five different gifts given to these special trainers or equippers. Uh, the office worker type of apostle and prophets have fulfilled their purpose and are no longer in effect. Now God calls evangelists, pastors, and teachers into full-time ministry. Then in verse 12 there it reveals why these men are called, and it's to perfect the saints so they can do the work uh, of the ministry. The word perfect in this in this context means uh, to become highly skilled in doing the things that will fulfill the great commission. I said the great commission, not just getting somebody to the Lord, and not just uh, handing out tracts to people, um, Sometimes handing out tracks is just not good enough. I remember a man named Winifred, my little buddy. I picked him up on the side of the road, I gave him a ride somewhere, I handed him a track, and off he went. The next day he went to work, he was up on a water tower, he fell. You don't make it through that. And in heaven he said, praise the Lord, Todd gave me that track, I read it and I got saved. Or in hell, he said, why on earth did you just take the time to read the track to me? You had me in the car. You could have just asked me if I knew for sure heaven was my home. We're friends. We were friends. Now I'm here burning forever. Sometimes handing a track out is not enough. Amen. And it's really not enough when the Holy Spirit says, the track, why don't you witness to him? I got 10 minutes. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to make it. I'll just shut it down early. Um, now I'm not going to tell that story. Yeah, I'm gonna tell the story. I was at a, I was at I was at a, I was in Illinois. I was somewhere. I was at a gym. I was training. I seen his the family. They were going. Their kid was going to the university. Of Iowa. So I went out. Uh, Holy Spirit said, "Get him some tracks." I went and got him some tracks. I was I was man. It took me five minutes to go, five minutes to get back. Handed them the tracks. Holy Spirit said, "That's it. You're not gonna witness to him." So I said, "Okay." And I witnessed to him, and the whole family got saved. And then my buddy goes like, what what he said? He said, what's that about? I said, I'll just tell him how they can know for sure they go to heaven. He said, what about me? So then I led him to the Lord. And then he called me up. He said, I'm bringing my buddy tomorrow. He wants to know how he can get saved. I just listened to the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people end up getting saved. And that's how it happens most times. We must so endure part to fulfill the Great Commission. Amen. And then lastly, let me say that we need to dive into being a consecrated Christian. The definition of the word consecrate means to fill the hand. To consecrate something to God means that I put it in in God's hand at God's disposal for his purpose, for his use. Moses said this, consecrate not what you have but yourself. If God has you, that means God will have your thoughts. If he were to crack your head open and look inside of there, would he be very pleased? Amen? He'll have your money. Amen? And he will have your children and your grandchildren. And when they get called to be a preacher, you won't deter them because you want them to be at your house for Christmas and their birthdays and different holidays. It boggles my mind that there's parents that claim to be Christians that would rather have their children out of the will of God with them than safe in the will of God in Timbuktu. That's where I would want mine to be. Consecrate yourselves today, even to the Lord, every man. Exodus 32:29. This is the command. If God commands me to do something, there's a responsibility on my part. Amen. I must take some steps of obedience. It is not just for some of us. Consecration is for every man, every woman, every child who has trusted Christ to become a child of God. So, how about it? Who needs to dive into salvation? Who's the one that the Lord put on my heart? Is it one of you guys in that section over there? Some of you've been taking it serious. Some of you've been giggling but some other people have been taking it here, so I just been stayed focused. I didn't come down there and get after none of you. But maybe somebody over there is not going to end up getting saved. Maybe somebody missed what I was talking about because y'all were goofing off. Is somebody called to preach in here? Or called to be a missionary? You don't have to wait until the infestation station. You can get up right now and start coming down so you don't end up being like one of those individuals. Anybody called to preach in here? Any man called to preach in here? I was in Hawaii, and I asked if was called to preach and the lady raised her hand up. That was interesting. And the preacher, I look at the preacher and he's just laughing at me. I said, is there any other man that God called to preach in here? Is there anybody that's coming here for a long time and hasn't joined the church yet? Need to join up the church? Is there anybody here that needs to get baptized? I got a couple minutes so I'm going to share a story with you that I shared with the kids. There was a young man. He was about three years old and mom started witnessing to him and he didn't really get it. So she didn't put much stock into that whatever he didn't get he's a young man four years old five years old six years old he begins to get kind of hard towards the gospel at the young age six seven eight nine mom i don't want to hear that 10 11 12 13 she loves her kids so she's still witnessing to him mom i don't want to hear that 14 15 16 years old i don't want to hear that he gets his license he's driving on the highway and then bam smacked by a vehicle the paramedics call mom to come to the scene because he's not going to make it to the hospital. Mom calls the preacher. I know the preacher mom called. The preacher gets to the scene first, pleading with the young man on the side of the the, the road there to get get, uh, saved. He doesn't want to. Mom arrives, pleading with the young man to get saved. Doesn't want to. He makes it to the hospital. Maybe a glimpse of hope. Preacher on this side, son, don't you know what's going to happen if you don't trust Christ as your Lord and Savior? Mother, on this side, son, won't you please trust Christ your Lord and Savior? Boy, I don't want to get saved. I don't need to get saved. And then he dies. So they thought. And then they heard him scream this. They're coming for me, Mom. They're coming for me, Mom. Don't let them get me. Don't let them get me. And the crazy thing about that right there, they're coming for me. They're coming for me. I talked to Brother Dan Martin a while back, and he told a story of when he was a firefighter, and one of his buddies was screaming out the same thing. They're coming for me coming for me. So my question to you tonight is, if you were to die, who's coming for you?